you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. isn't afraid to mute you on twitter welcome to another edition of the around the nfl podcast presented by intuit quickbooks the official sponsor of the nfl my name is dan hansis and i'm coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers mark sessler chris wessling and greg rosenthal what is up boys hey dan what a time to be alive what an incredible time to be alive. I got a pep in my step and I feel like everybody should because man, it doesn't get any better than this. Well, I mean, um, there's a lot going on in the world where that might disagree, but I, I do admit even as, even as a Patriots fan, like a day, this momentous in NFL history, like I'm, I'm loving it. I, uh, I don't know. I still like it. Oh, please. Greg. I'm with you. I feel like we've, we are beyond a thousand episodes at some point in this show. And have we ever had a news lineup equal to what we're about to get into today? It feels uh, totally surreal, some of the bullet points we will uh, explore. What do you mean, oh, please? Because, Dan, uh, I've been pretty consistent on this podcast of how I was hoping um, it might end in, in New England. And that the last thing I wanted was an ugly ending. And to me, this is about as close to a non-ugly ending as they were going to get. There's no injury. There's no dramatic fall off. There's not a ton of backbiting. Clearly, he's not, like, thrilled. And as a Closet Bucks fan for a while, like, it's, it's a fun landing spot where you can still root on Tom Brady like no, one, no one's feelings are. Well, let me just say this, and I wish – all fans could be the way you are. According to many people in New England, this is one of the darkest days in the city's history in terms of pro sports uh, from what we're hearing from some outlets. Erica barely got out of bed this morning. Uh, and I, you know, I just say let's, I, I would say just let's hit pause in terms of saying that there's not any bad blood. I, I have a feeling that with Tom Brady and the big news, obviously, that he is, he made an announcement on his social media that he is, no longer going to play for the New England Patriots. He's continuing his career elsewhere and reports that were surfacing just as we uh, came on the air today. And you might have the news official as a listener by the time you we got hear it. We actually got it right now. Ian Rappaport, our guy, is saying he, that he has agreed to terms, like literally as we're starting taping for $30 million a season. Unbelievable. So Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are now officially a thing. And I, uh, I believe two days ago said I would walk through Los Angeles and shake hands and give wet kisses to everyone in the city. So I will need to be quarantined very shortly. Ooh. So I, I got a little bit of egg on my face on this. I guess I just never saw it coming. And uh, Greg, I, I'm just wondering, 
how this ends with Brady and the Pats. And what we'll do is why don't we kind of work from where things started today to where we are now um, that Brady uses his social media to drop the bombshell that it's over. Immediately you get statements from Robert Kraft um, and Bill Belichick filled with all the flowery praise that you expected. Uh, But I keep thinking of the Seth Wickersham piece from a couple years ago and all the buzz that's been around this team uh, for the last couple of years, two or three years about the relationship with Brady and Belichick and the, and the Patriots. And I can't help but think that we're going to get the, the, whether it's another kind of Wickersham esque profile or some, some uh, one of these key figures will, will speak out eventually, although that's not really the Patriots way that it is shocking to me. It is stunning to me that they did not ultimately get a deal done. And this was the path they went, they decided to take that Tom Brady and Robert Kraft, I think his exact quote, and I found this to be very interesting. Uh, Kraft told Mike Giardi of NFL network that if Tom wanted to remain a Patriot, we would have had a deal. I mean, there's so much intrigue to this, Greg, and you just wonder uh, if the whole story will ever come out. I imagine it will eventually, even if it's in a book 15 years from now. I think it will, and I think it'll be sooner than that. And and it is intriguing, and of course I think there's a lot of hurt feelings here, and there was a lot of animosity, and there was a big you know, three-, four-year buildup to this happening. I'm not trying to downplay that. Tom Curran uh, spoke today on the Rich Eisen Show saying – Tom Brady got sick of waiting and I think he wanted to see the love. He didn't feel the love from them uh, money wise or respect wise. And the Patriots and I think Belichick were like waiting for them to make the first move crafts remarks that if he wanted to be here, um, he could be here. I think was the most disappointing thing about it. I'm just sort of, when I, when I say in the scheme of things, it could have been a lot uglier. I'm thinking about this two, three, four years now because Ultimately, like his year or two or whatever it's going to be in Tampa isn't going to change um, the 20 years that he had. It's not going to change him like sending that tweet out with Patriot forever. And Bill Belichick is putting all that flowery stuff up. And in the long run, like nothing's going to take that part away. And I think from both sides, it makes a lot of sense to break up. I know you would love to see them stay together if you're a, a Patriots fan. Uh, but the odds on him playing at a really high level much longer don't seem that high. And it's almost like they tried to manage it in a way where they didn't have to get rid of him, that he was going to be the one to leave himself after he got the picture that Belichick ultimately didn't want him. Because if they wanted him, they could have kept him. Give me a break on that. There was also a report that he was – that the final straw were, were the uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs trades that he saw other teams mm. being aggressive to upgrade their offensive weapons, and the Patriots did not. I mean, would that is that what it came down to, as simple as Tom Brady needed the evidence that the Patriots were going to do right by him in 2020? I mean, uh, it seems small in the big picture for what this relationship's all about, but maybe it is as simple as that, that Brady knows that his time is short in this league, and if the Pats are going to go their organic Pats route, he's he's kind of done with it, especially if they're not going to give him $30 million, which the Bucks were willing to do, and the Pats seem like we're, they were never going to pay Tom Brady. And this is where, and I, you're going to call me out as a Pats hater, but this is where it's it, it really does bother me as a football fan looking at the Patriots organization. They never were willing to pay Tom Brady top-of-the-market dollars uh, to be their quarterback, and they did it right to the very end. And to the point I mean, where he was the he highest decided to go in, the, in the league for a number of years. Oh, Tom but you Brady, know it, Greg. It's well documented. Tom, Tom Brady it's was well, the highest paid player in the league in 2010. Greg, it is it is well documented for years and, and even over a decade sure. that that guy could have made much more money, but he worked with the team to let them build up a better roster around him, and they never made right with him. And I think all that stuff is what's played into the fact that he's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. That is ridiculous, and it should have never happened. I mean, I, I can't even. It's sports. I, I do think it's okay to that, like, you accept that some things end in sports. Things don't have to be forever. Like, it's not, it's not Joe Namath on five knee surgeries or Dan Marino, like, being, you know, a little you have playing on mediocre team. His ugly year was 12-4. and four. You know what I mean? Like, their ugly ending was 12-4 and four 
a year after they won the Super Bowl. To me, that's it's about as good as you could hope for. It so was, why did it have to end? Up. Mark, where are you on this? Well, I mean, I think you can't have it both ways if you're a Patriots fan. You can't prance around town telling everyone how Bill Belichick has an eye for talent and is unemotional and exactly. removes himself from previous star players earlier than other coaching staffs and other franchises do because he has a way of scouting that says this player is beyond the pale. I don't think that's necessarily the case with Tom Brady, but this is not the same, same Tom Brady of years past. And I, from another angle, I think that the emotional side of Tom Brady and the person that's always seeking uh, new frontiers and new challenges, it's like the Hall of Fame put out a tweet about the small cast of characters that have even stayed with one franchise for 20 years. It's guys like Jackie Slater, it's Daryl Green, it's Lou Groza, and it's Tom Brady. And I think at this point, like the same way you see with successful bands or even a show like this or something, if you go long enough, people are going to want to branch out and move on. And I think this was a organic. Wait, what are you trying to say, Mark? Well, I'm saying it's, I think that this split between (laughs) Belichick and Brady, and and our job is to try to stir up What's the what's the issue in the heat here? I, I think there's tremendous the respect drop? between Belichick and Brady, <laughs> but I think they've come to a natural breaking point. And I think right, that's they, been obvious for weeks. This is not that surprising. Can we stop can we stop with the Tom Brady is just the same as Dante Hightower or Dion Branch or Dion Lewis? He's not he, the he, same. No. They moved on from half of those people. He's played yeah, a but quarterback Tom, for them longer than any quarterbacks played for any team. I mean, it, that's but ultimately that's he's being treated the same way. He's being treated the same way. If there was one guy in the history of this franchise or of any franchise for any team that should have been treated differently, it's Brady, especially if the guy still showed he had something left. And I know he was slipping this past season. I just, I mean, we don't have to belabor this any longer. I just, I, I, I know I'm not alone on this. Maybe I'm alone in this podcast. No, you're not. But, they, but Dan, hold they on. They did him dirty. Dan, if, you, if you're waiting for the Seth Wickersham, uh, you know, report slash novel, that means that you're acknowledging that there are large amounts of information that we don't have. And I don't think that we can just, I'm just like, I'm not ready to blast the Patriots or Brady at this point yet, because I'm not quite sure what the issue is here or what the breakdown was entirely. I feel like Tom Brady as a person, like wanted them to come rushing towards him uh, with an offer right away that didn't happen, and there's a lot of pride involved. And I also think it's someone that's ready to move on from the Patriots. Is it all on the Patriots and not on Tom Brady? I don't think so, but personally. Bolster, well, there's also – and To bolster Dan's go point, ahead, Wes. the Patriot way, that cold, calculating, clinical way to run your salary cap and to run your organization worked because of Tom Brady and him and Tim Duncan being the most selfless superstars – in sport in American sports of this generation and setting that tone where guys would come to the Patriots for far less money at the end of their careers, especially chasing rings set the tone that I'm going to take less money and I'm going to let Bill Belichick coach me. However he wants. I just think it's a new era now where that stuff might not work anymore without Tom Brady. Ricky, where are you at? I just don't even believe. Go ahead, Greg. No, I want to hear from Ricky. What do you, what do you think? I oh. just can't believe that we're even talking about this and we're starting a normal podcast like you guys do for the last six years and you realize Tom Brady isn't on the Patriots. Like, it is just such a, not to mention what's going on in our outside world, but what's going on on the inside of the Dan, you better just stop smirking and shaking your head <laughs> with happiness. Like, I, you're so lucky we're not in the same room. Like, I would destroy you. Oh, yeah, because I've been so lucky and blessed as an NFL fan in my life. You know what? All you Patriots fans, including you, just get ready. You're about to be normal again. You're not special anymore. And that and that is something I say that you're going to think it is a taunting way. And maybe it is a little bit. But Brady made the Patriots special, just like Belichick. I mean, and like I said, Yesterday's show is, a, is it's always going to be chicken or the egg. What's the reason why they became the greatest dynasty of all time? And it is shocking, to your point, Erica, that it's over. Like, you, it was going to end eventually, and Tom Brady's dad has said it. Wes, you pointed it out before, that it was always going to end badly. It's, it is now ended, and now I think there is a bit of a shock and uh, trauma to it. And it's amazing, like you're saying, Erica, that it's falling during this time where we are absolutely in a state of shock and trauma in the world. It just all—it's all one piece of a, a mad week and a mad stretch of life. It's he, but he's 
I guess the thing is the perspective that he is 42 years old, like never leaves me. It always had to end. Like they won a sixth Super Bowl on his third straight. Greg, you're almost 42. You should probably quit the NFL. You should probably quit too. When he was 41, I don't have a job like Tom Brady. Luckily, like we see the people who are on our network, like they're 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 ripe old age. Like you can keep playing. That's one of the things that's crazy. I guess it it raised the question for me for sports fans, for like Dan, like what would ever be enough? Like if if you're saying the Patriots fans go back to normal, and to me they don't because they got to experience these 20 years. Like what would ever be enough that sports achievement or enjoying the team you root for uh, would fill the hole in your life where you would say like, that was special. That was great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they will be a normal team moving forward, but it doesn't on some level, like to me, that's not important because they, I, the Patriots fans hit the jackpot. And if they don't realize that now, like they should, they should wake up. Like they hit a lottery of a, a, a player coach partnership that has never happened in the hundred years of, the NFL and it was a beautiful thing to watch like if you can't appreciate that and like you need more like you're never gonna I be I think happy. most people will Greg but it's also the day of and like you just said Rappaport right. just confirmed it that it was like I'm not looking at this right now being like oh yeah I had a great 20 years my entire life rooting for sports has now completely changed like I think that Patriots fans are allowed to feel totally like heartbroken over this yeah I was I was at Trader Joe's and uh, there was like this line of four billion people with their little shopping carts waiting for the store to open and there was this woman on her cell phone shouting about the fact that because Brady, she basically said, if he is not with the same team forever, there is no way he can be the GOAT. And she's just shouting into her phone at someone who's probably stationed on the East Coast in Massachusetts. The one thing, Greg, I mean, I appreciate that Greg is not your typical annoying Patriots fan. You're not. You're, you're seeing it from a whole different uh, pair of eyes than most people. But you, you have to acknowledge, Greg, that like your Patriots fandom is on an island that is so far away removed from the central land where most New England fans live and exist and what they're feeling today. And I appreciate your also somewhat calculated, icy approach to this. But a lot of Patriots fans, and I can think of my little nephews who live out there who are heartbroken today, they're not over it two minutes after Ian Rappaport announces the news, and neither is Erica, who, like, she came into the Tom Brady experience at a totally different point in time than you did or someone of your age. I, 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 I don't think it's cold and calculated. <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> well, okay, but it's, but what I will well, say okay, is, but it's, I, what is something, what is very different. I know it's different than most Patriots fans in it and everything. And it's partly because we work in this and all that, but part of it is also, I'm a Tom Brady fan and I am going to root for him on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I am a football fan and I am intrigued to see what happens in the 2020 season. And if I was trying to come up with a fun place to go watch Tom Brady play some football and I want them to win, I would have like, I it wouldn't have come to my mind first, but I love Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Bruce Arians and OJ Howard and like the idea of watching him do this, and I'm going to root like the, for the Patriots far more. Obviously, they'll they, they, I'm going to be more emotional about it, but I'm going to love Tom Brady forever too. And it's kind of a fun like thing to think about for the that, next season. That all makes sense, and I I hear everything you're saying on that. I think a good parallel um, for me anyway was Derek Jeter and the Yankees. Another guy who played for 20 years. He won five rings. He was a legend for the Yankees the way Brady is for the Patriots. And I thought there was something good that he stayed there the whole time. Even when he was no longer the same player, he was in that cocoon where the fans loved him no matter what. He got to go out on his terms, waving, walking off the field in the uniform. You lose that aspect of the end of his career. And yes, sports are the way sports are. Very few guys get to write their own ending, and it gets to end that way. Jeter was that type of player in baseball. And to me, Brady was that guy, if there ever was a guy in football, that that should have been able to go out that way with the team always taking care of him and the fans getting to say goodbye, knowing that the end was officially there and that's just never going to happen. And I think that's part of the reason a lot of people in new England and elsewhere across the world as Patriots fans are upset. I, I said a couple of weeks ago that he reminded me of Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali, where they're the only guys who really stack up against him as far as accomplishments. 
and renown and legend. And those guys are the exact same way. They needed that extra challenge at the end of their careers. And Michael Jordan went and played for the Wizards. He regretted it. Muhammad Ali went and fought against Michael Spinks or Leon Spinks and then against Larry Holmes and got his butt kicked and regretted it and had health issues. And Tom Brady may regret this and he may not, but I think he definitely needed that challenge. And part of it is the ego and the pride that drives you throughout your career. And now it's, hey, if you don't want me enough, Look what I'm going to go do somewhere else. Well, this that, is that's understandable to me. That is. And I get. Yep. I totally see that as well. It's a, obviously a fascinating uh, NFL story, and it makes the 2020 season all the more exciting to look forward to. I don't know how the like, maybe, you know, you seem to be good with remembering this stuff, whether the Bucks were somehow on the Patriots schedule with the out of conference games. Uh, no, next year, next year they are not this year, but they have it's Drew Brees twice. It's Aaron Rodgers. There's a cast of characters. They're going to put the bucks. They're going to get the full treatment. Oh, they will. We talked about this on NFL Network a couple weeks ago. Which team is going to suddenly win the offseason and be all these flowery drapings put over them? They're going to put the bucks on five or six primetime games. And my concern is that they could be five and 11. I'm just, we'll, we'll see <laughs> how this works out. But they, there are some juicy quarterback matchups for Tom Brady, no doubt. And he no did doubt look, I think they'll be good. Ac- I think the Bucks will be good. According to Rappaport, uh, like I said, 30 million approximately per season, and it is likely a two year pact. So he gets the multi year deal. Essentially, he gets very close to the Drew Brees deal. Uh, which uh, we'll get to uh, in just a little bit. But Tom Brady is joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a new era in football. Sorry, Ricky. I understand why Arians would do this for football reasons, but I think there's also a part of it. The first thing I thought of was this man's memoir is titled QB Whisperer. His portfolio is Peyton Manning, Big Ben, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer. Now you throw the chance to work with Tom Brady in there. This guy is the ultimate connoisseur of quarterbacks, and nobody has a track record like that. Find another coach who's worked with that many legends. Bruce Arians, yes. I, I, that is another fun angle of all this because, to Arians' credit, he kept, a, he kept a clear mind and he made a decision at a certain point that I'm not going down with the Jameis Winston ship. I'm just not going to do it. And he's decided now. Uh, he, he obviously got in concert with Jason Light, and they made it happen to get a deal done uh, to bring in Tom Brady, and that's going to be fun to see. It will be different, though, right, Wes? This offense, which with Winston was all just air it out, go crazy, throw the ball up for grabs. Sometimes the receivers get it, sometimes they don't. The offense is probably going to be operating a little different with 43-year-old Brady. Well, and Greg will be the first one to tell you this, that Jameis Winston might be the most underrated quarterback as far as escapability and being nimble in the pocket. Jameis Winston got that offensive line out of a lot of trouble last year. And I think if there's one big concern outside of Brady's, for me, pocket movement, it is Bruce Arians' offense is traditionally chuck it down the field. Wait, Winston averaged about two and a half more yards per attempt than Brady did last year. Um, so I know we think that Brady's going to bring his offense in and run whatever he wants. I'm sure that a large part of that is true, but I, I do think it's fair to wonder how he's going to fit in this offense at the same time, realize he's going to have a lot better talent around him than he did last year in new England. Well, I'd say if, if Bruce Arians, uh, and that's, I agree that his book should be titled quarterback whisper. That's, he seems like one of the people that you could, that would be an appropriate title for your, uh, self what, what about at the what, same what time what about booze salami I mean, and pigskin that feels like a good well, bruce Arians that's probably that would be a, that would be a juicy follow-up <laughs> but if he is a quarterback whisperer won't he be looking to concoct an offense that fits where brady's physical skill set is it's it's like if every if every jabroni on twitter can tell you that tom brady can't throw deep anymore i would assume that if that's tr- if that's the case that bruce arians will see that too i mean they, he's going to have to probably break out of his mold. This was the thing I love about Arians was that he let Big Ben for long stretches of time in a row call his own plays and, and be a big part of the Steelers' offense. And they they got along so well because of the freedom he gave his quarterback. I would have to assume if you're going to give someone like Big Ben, who doesn't strike me as a like a deep intellectual, 
the ability to do that, that Tom Brady will be afforded uh, such luxuries. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't think he has a, a great uh, memoir coming out where he's highly eloquent and Doesn't teaches us? Doesn't strike me that way. No, I, under- I understand. The other nugget, that. the one little, like the bizarre nugget that came out was that, I'm, you know, this is not a report coming from like the four or five people you'd link to at this point, but that Antonio Brown, who was, you know, a pupil of Bruce Arians and is friends with Tom Brady, may ultimately be part of this team down the road. Sounds crazy today, but that's been out there. Today, I, I that saw may, that too. That may be a rehab. Mark, what, you saw yeah, I saw so. that too. Wes, where, where, how do you feel about that? I'm almost afraid to ask. <laughs> Wes loves it. Well, he hasn't – here. Here's the reason why he may be allowed to play is that while there has been some police incidents uh, during his uh, time away from the game, and obviously he's been a bonehead of the highest degree, I don't know if there's been any serious charges or anything that would potentially keep him off the field for a long time. All that needs to be sorted out, obviously, uh, but it could be a situation where he is able to play sooner than perhaps you would think. Or it could be a situation where he faces a long suspension once the NFL finally has a reason to hand down discipline when somebody signs him. Right. And, and there's, we don't have a huge reason to trust this source uh, at this point in, anyways. <laughs> right? Do we? Like, well, we mentioned right. that. We're just saying that it was a juicy little thing floating I, through the, the biggest, We like juicy the things floating concern, through the hemisphere. Yeah, there, there's a lot that's juicy. Yeah. The biggest concern is, like... I don't know. Being away from that offensive line seems like uh, worrisome. He makes offensive lines look better, but but that to me would be the big the big worry going to Tampa. Like just looking at the and since the Patriots and we'll we'll have time to dig into what's next for the Patriots in a Tom Brady free world. But now that Tom Brady's not there, and they're obviously going to go into an extended period, two or three decades of just not being competitive. How about we untag Joe Tooney and let him go sign with the Jets like that was supposed to happen? I feel like that's another takeaway from today that people should be talking about. Keep talking, then. I don't. You're not going to get a lot of feedback from us on that. So. You're not excited it, for uh, Jarrett Stidham uh, to to lead uh, 16 AFC East titles in the next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. There is another big time Hall of Fame quarterback on the move officially. Philip Rivers agrees to a one year, 25 million dollar deal with you knew who it was going to be, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the two sides are in agreement and he ends his long uh, storied career with the Chargers. Not quite as storied as Tom Brady's with the Patriots. There were never, he never won a Super Bowl, but he had a, a, a long run of great play with the Chargers in San Diego and then LA. But now he joins a Colts team. And since the beginning, Wes, this was presented as a great landing spot for Philip Rivers, a veteran quarterback who is very cerebral that may not have the same physical tools he once had, but he could join a gifted play caller like Frank Reich playing behind an excellent, perhaps the best offensive line in football that you might be able to get another year or two of really top play. And now it's all come together and it's going to happen. Yeah. I, you know, much like Tom Brady, another player in the gradual decline phase of his career. We saw it last year with Rivers. His interceptions went way up. His touchdown percentage went way down. Um, and a lot of that was because for portions of the season, he was playing behind the worst pair of tackles in the league, the least effective pair of tackles in the league, throwing a lot of balls up for grabs to compensate for that line. So it's an open question. How much is the Colts offensive line, which is not only the strength of their team, but now the personality of their team, how much is that going to help? And how much is it going to help to go back to Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni, guys who he's had a lot of success with. And that's, to me, the two differences between him and Brady. The offensive line is without a doubt a strength with the Colts. And he's already played in this offense. He's already familiar with these coaches. I can't imagine him, like, getting a better spot. Phillip Rivers, I think of as a guy who's had pretty bad luck of the of what's happened around him throughout his career. But he he's making up for it a little bit here. Like, he got incredible luck that this opportunity – was just sitting there for him. Like he could not have created a better, you know, situation unless it was in San Diego. I mean, like, like I did not think, and as someone who's always rooted for rivers to have his kind of great late career moment, I would, after what happened last year and the, the decision-making that he had, I would not have thought he could have landed on a team 
that you could squint and see as an AFC contender this year. That and I think Rivers can play well enough for them to be an AFC contender. Like he 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 lucked out. I would argue that he he might be a better fit for the Bucks than Tom Brady and for Bruce Arians offense than Tom Brady. I the Colts are not they don't have an embarrassment of riches in terms of the weapons around him, but he'll be protected and they're a seem like a tough rugged team and then you look at that division and say the Jaguars have fallen off a cliff. The Texans are ostensibly selling away their best players for, you know, bags of salt. So there is a chance that for the would Colts be my to one rise question up again. about the Colts here. Everything else seems to be uh, trending in the right direction, but T Y Hilton's on the wrong side of 30 really struggled to stay on the field last year. Uh, Paris Campbell, you know, you could uh, get excited about him perhaps, but they also now don't have a first round pick because of the DeForest Buckner trade. So the idea that they would be able to then take that uh, premium draft pick in the first round and maybe add another wide receiver, that is not an option as of now. So that would be the only thing that I would look at and be like, is Rivers have a supporting cast to, to light it up? Uh, but ultimately, I think it's, it's a great move for both sides. T.Y. Hilton's healthy now, and Paris Campbell is a, is a good talent. Like, that doesn't bother me too much. This team has drafted well. Zach Pascal came on last year. They got Jack Doyle. I, I think they're fine there. Remember, first half of last year, before their wide receivers got injured, they were winning almost every week. It makes you wonder what's up with Kobe Brissett uh, moving forward, and there's a million – Patriots rumors out there right now. And one of them is, you know, would they bring Jacoby Brissett back? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, as a possibility. I do like when the team go like completely opposite. Yeah, I don't want that one. Uh, it, when the teams go completely opposite, like Brissett is very careful. Rivers, it, he doesn't care. Like he's going for it. Whereas the, the Bucks are going completely opposite from Jameis Winston to like the most careful quarterback in the league in Tom Brady. In other massive quarterback news, the Carolina Panthers uh, are signing Teddy Bridgewater to be their new quarterback. The deal is expected to come in at around $20 million a year over three years from rap sheet. Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback of the Panthers. So what does that mean? What about Cam Newton? What about... What about Combine Week when everybody was telling us that they were expected to move forward with Cam, their one-time superstar MVP? Well, guess what? Rap Sheet also reported Tuesday that the Panthers granted Cam Newton permission to seek a trade. Uh, the discussion came. The decision became came after a discussion between the organization and the QB's agents. Now that's not where the drama ends. Cam Newton with his absolutely bizarre hieroglyphic uh, font style that he uses on social media. I can't believe he's still doing this. This man is over 30 years old. He's got children. Use real letters. Use the English language. Use any language, but not your own. Had this to say. Had this to say. Stop with the wordplay. I never asked for it. There is no dodging this one. I love the Panthers to death and will always love you guys. Please do not try and play me or manipulate the narrative and act like I wanted this. You forced me into this. Love Cam Newton unhappy about the end of his time with Carolina and perhaps more specifically how the Panthers have gone about it. And now we have to see whether he draws trade interest or not. There is a lot of sentiment and Steve Weiss talked about this on the network today that nobody's going to trade for him until he can pass a physical and nobody can even take a physical right now. Um, There's concern. My brother, Nick Wessling texted me and said, why doesn't a team high in the draft just go ahead and take a gamble on Cam Newton and then draft one of these young guys with, with the pick and, and have their bases covered. And I think people, to me, it reminds me of where Andrew Luck was in 2017 and 18, where you just have no idea how it's going to affect his future, the arm injury, and, and whether he's going to throw the same or not. So I think as much as people doubted whether Andrew Luck would ever play again, he came back, and even in that first game or two we were doubting it, he came back and ultimately was fine. We just don't know which version of Cam Newton we're going to get. I, I thought this news was as jarring as the Brady news because the Brady news was coming at us for weeks and weeks. And you knew that a split was definitely one of the potential possibilities. The Rivers news obviously has been out there forever. This is a team that's been telling us, you know, even, even as recently as a couple of weeks ago, that they're all in on Cam Newton. And I kind of, I thought that one of the more stinging uh, reports of the day were the reports of what Cam Newton what his reaction was when he found this out. I think he was totally blindsided by it. 
And this is a guy that I definitely at times have been annoyed by. Uh, the Cam Newton experience is not always something that is easy to sign up for. But if you watch like that all or nothing series with the, with the Panthers, I had a totally different opinion of what Cam Newton meant to this team and, and to the whole area and the region and where he's been for a decade plus. And this split was, is about as messy as it gets because I think that he's dealing with a new coaching staff and a new group of people that did not play straight with him. It's not, you know, I know Cam Newton's not Tom Brady and Mark, you hit it on the head. This was like the, the ugly, messy ending that would have been like a, a nightmare for something like this to happen with, with Brady in the Patriots because the Panthers statement that they're trying to trade him, not only did you know Cam Newton not like how it was positioned, it was just like an announcement that his career is over there. They, they said literally in the statement, thus ending his career with the Panthers. I, and I was thinking like, well, why don't you just cut him? I mean, like they are going to cut him. That that statement was an announcement that we are prepared to cut. I did hear some things before the combine that they were trying to trade him, and that they couldn't get anyone interested. And then I guess they decided to put a public face that they're going to keep him because they didn't know how things were going to go or not. But basically, once they got to here today Tuesday, and they were happy to get Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, under contract it was like okay now we're now we're done with cam and if if we don't get a fifth round pick for him we'll just cut him in a couple days and at at this point because of the uh points uh you made Wes about the medical I think he's gonna get cut because if you're a team like teams out there but the Bears the Patriots and the Chargers come to mind like why not just wait for him to get cut and then and then figure out what's next with him he's in a very difficult situation here because like we're saying with the medical stuff, he needs to prove now to a team, either a team that would trade for him unlikely or once he becomes a free agent, that he's healthy. And the way things are set up now with the world and the coronavirus is when does that happen? When are when is he able to have a workout where he's able to throw? When I mean, maybe there are situations where that it can end up working out. Maybe things change the way things are in the world right now, uh, three weeks from now or a month from now or eight weeks from now. But it seems like just by the natural, um, the way things are with the schedule of the NFL and how teams are going about having to fill their roster, that he could be put in a, almost an impossible situation where he could be a free agent still when teams are ready to go to camp uh, because they couldn't wait for him. They had to make a move. Yeah, that, this feels like something that could play on throughout the offseason. And the offseason, depending on what happens with the coronavirus, could could extend into what, September? Who knows? I don't know. And now you look back to what the Panthers are going forward. They are going to go with Teddy Bridgewater, who has not only now come all the way back uh, from that catastrophic knee injury, he's now getting paid like a real NFL starting quarterback. That's what he's going to be for the Panthers. Uh, Mark, I feel... I feel a little bit apprehensive about whether this team is going to get what they are expecting from Teddy Bridgewater. I'd love to be wrong. Everybody loves Teddy, uh, but he's getting a lot of money to be their guy. I'm with you. I, I, Teddy Bridgewater, the story is great. No one uh, would, would debate that. Uh, I'm not convinced on any level that it's an upgrade. And I'm not, I don't believe it's an upgrade over a healthy Cam Newton. Uh, I'm also a little bit at this point, beguiled by what the overall Carolina Panthers team building process is here, because we've heard reports that everyone from Christian McCaffrey to whoever else is available for trade. So is Teddy Bridgewater going to be overseeing um, a deep cut rebuilding scenario? Is that what he's going to have to wade through as a starting quarterback? Uh, And maybe they thought that Cam Newton was not going to want to sign up for that. I just, I, you know, I don't know. If I'm a Panthers fan, I don't feel that the quarterback position got better. And I, I'm probably tougher on than Teddy than some, but I just, to me, it's, a it's, not, it's a downgrade. Year. Nobody threw shorter passes in the entire NFL than he did when he filled in for Drew Brees. And part of that is just trying to survive your quarterback going out, but it's also telling about what he has as his skill set. And I understand why the Panthers – would get a guy like Teddy, who's a game manager. You get the ball into the hands of McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and let him do things after the catch. I get that, but you give away Cam Newton's upside, whatever it is at this point, I don't know. For a guy who's a game manager, that's that's tough for the fans to swallow. 
I just get the feeling that maybe this is a teardown for teardown's sake with a new owner, and it's this whole idea. They have a new owner, a new coach. We want everything new, and that's why, I don't know, we we haven't had any like serious reporting, I don't think, about Christian McCaffrey being on the block, but are we kidding me? This guy's 24 and has had as good a start to a career as a running back as anybody in 25 years, so he's on the block too, but what? Because he's not from this uh, current regime. The whole thing is just a little bit dicey to me if I was a Panthers fan. Uh, but they are determined to start things over their way. Well, I think the whispers that we are hearing are that they're going to try to straddle the line between a pure rebuild and trying to stumble their way into competing. So I think they're going to try to, you know, through that eye of the needle, but we'll see. I think one you know, important thing for Bridgewater is that he played under Joe Brady, who's their offensive coordinator. Joe Brady was a Saints assistant in 2018. And so he, he saw Teddy Bridgewater up close. And the offense that they want to run is kind of an offense predicated on a point guard style type of player. Now, Joe Burrow would be the best case scenario of that. But that is what Teddy Bridgewater is, is like a wide open, hopefully if you're a Teddy Bridgewater fan, uh, with a little bit of upside. And I think his contract has been misunderstood. To me, that's not big time starting quarterback money. That is actually bridge quarterback money that's Tyrod Taylor what he got in Cleveland money but just updated for NFL inflation three years later and I don't think it's going to be a lot of guarantees and I wouldn't be surprised at all if Teddy Bridgewater is competing with a top 10 pick at the position uh, come September we will see how it all plays out in other quarterback news I mentioned it Drew Brees and the Saints they officially put pen to paper on a two-year contract worth roughly $50 million per sources informed of the situation. Tell Rap Sheet, this was never a, a situation, uh, never any doubt here. Now the only question, Greg, is whether Drew Brees sees the amount of set snaps as he's seen in the past or with Taysom Hill, who just got the first-round tender, is really going to take a bite out of his playing time. That is, I think, as we get closer to week one, assuming there is a week one, uh, as we get closer to that, that that's what everyone's <laughs> going to be talking about about this team. It's going to take on a lot. Well, that assumes that Taysom Hill isn't your uh, starting quarterback for the New England Patriots come week <laughs> one. Some whispers about that. A lot yeah, of assumptions. That'll be fun. That would be a fun, uh, a fun story plot line for this podcast. Well, I always said I would believe that Drew Brees t- would take less than market value when I saw it, and uh, now I've seen it because he took four or five million dollars less than Ryan Tannehill. That's a shock. Take that, Greg. What can I do? Good, good job by Drew Brees. I guess. <laughs> uh, anybody else have any comments on Breeze? I feel like we all saw that coming, and he's locked and loaded. And that's how you take care of an all-time great. You don't let him out the door. Like, he's just another guy. Same old, same old. Right, I appreciate any quarterback narrative minus endless drama <laughs> at this point. And this one came and went uh, like very, ni- very nice and smooth. That's how I like it this time around. The Raiders needed to get better on defense, and they made a big uh, took a big step in that direction, signing former Rams linebacker to a three-year deal worth $36 million, rap sheet reported, base salary of 11.75 so he goes from LA to Vegas gets a big pay bump uh he was playing on a one year deal for 3 million last year uh but he really jumped out in fact he was where we are now Chris Wessling or where we were uh entering today he was up to number 7 on the free agent top 101 scientist list so this feels like a good get yes, for Rudin Mayak I, I love this linebacker pairing they set up Nick Quickkowski who's better against the run and Corey Littleton who's great against the pass great special teamer this is a defense where I think we've been waiting as long as we've done this podcast for them to get an impressive front seven and they are finally working on one they also signed Malik Collins from the Cowboys they signed Carl Nassib who flashed for the Buccaneers the last couple of years they added Jeff Heath from the Cowboys at safety they are finally adding some NFL starting caliber talent to their defense I'd add also that you're going to get Jonathan Abram back at safety in the little window of time that we saw him in the in the early part of the se- the preseason. He I thought he looked great, and you can see Mike Mayock and his ability to. It's not just be on TV and tell us which players should go where in the draft. He's able to slowly build a cohesive defense. And I look at the Rams flip side and say, how many more? 
players can leave the Rams at this point. I mean, there's a bunch of signings today of ex-Rams. They weren't all there last year, but that are no longer in Los Angeles. And there's rumors that a a variety of offensive players on the Rams are available too. That is a team that's sneaky close to looking totally different than they were in the past in the wrong way. Looks like they're being aggressive in the sense that they are looking to turn the page and they got to the Super Bowl after a nice two or three year run. And now they are looking to perhaps maybe not tear it down, but remodel the whole thing. Silver reported earlier this week on Monday uh, that both Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks are on the market, depressed assets as they are. But as we saw with David Johnson yesterday, that doesn't mean those guys can't be moved if you get the right guy on the GM app. <laughs> Aren't too many of those GMs, but there one was hit up yesterday on the app. Yeah, for sure. that's true. Uh, in other news, you know, it's good to be a cowboy, even an ex-cowboy, because it seems like when you go to the Cowboys, it, it has a habit of getting you paid, even if it's not the Cowboys doing it. We saw it with Randall Cobb getting the nice deal from the Texans after the new Hopkins trade uh, yesterday, and Robert Quinn he gets a big deal. Uh, with the Chicago Bears, the edge rusher is uh, signing a five-year, $70 million deal uh, with the Chicago Bears. This from Rappaport and Tom Pelissero, $30 million fully guaranteed. Uh, he, he'd kind of fallen off the radar uh, playing with the Dolphins, but he landed with the Cowboys last year, had 11 and a half sacks, 34 tackles, two forced fumbles in 14 games, and then he gets a payday out of it. Wes, you like this signing? I was surprised how much money he got, but that's not that has nothing to do with the way he played last year. We're used to him coming into September, having a great first month, and then sort of gradually declining as the season goes on. And last year, he was great from the minute he stepped on the field until the end of the season. He was explosive first step, just like he had early in his career. And he had 11 and a half sacks and, and still missed a few games. This guy was relentless as a pass rusher. The Bears, the Khalil Mack... Uh, Robert Quinn pairing is very intriguing for them. They do lose Leonard Floyd, but they upgraded there. Greg, maybe uh, Greg, maybe Robert Quinn will be somebody that helps Khalil Mack, who had a bit of a down year by his standards, put a better guy on the edge, and maybe that will lead to um, Mack regaining his dominant ways. If I'm a Bears fan, I'm not loving this offseason. You signed Jimmy Graham to good money, and you signed Robert Quinn to... Superstar money. Quinn is coming off a great year, but if you look at the last five years, he's averaged about 500 snaps <clears throat> and about seven sacks per season, and he has he has back troubles. Not well. Yeah, I'm with Greg. I think that Chicago's offseason has to be, at this stage right now, you look at what's happened this week, a directionless uh, drift into darkness. I'm not sure what this team is doing. Sessler loves great it. Fan base. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're giving they are giving the fan base no hope. And if you're going to try to go, you're going to try to solve all your Wait, issues by at some Robert stage Quinn signing is definitely some giving the fan base hope. Uh, no, no, hold, that's fine. I don't have a problem with Robert Quinn, but what is a Bears fan thinking about the overall team right now? I would be very concerned. Get Cam. <laughs> Robert Quinn does not allay the concerns with what's happening overall with this general manager who feels outclassed Oof. by. You know, what, what, where would you rank so Case in the general manager rankings right now? No, I think it's absurd. Internet man. It's year 88 in a row. All right. Like well, this. they, they, they were mean, one of the best on. teams in the league a year, a season ago. They, they maybe could get things back on not, track. Not. However, however, Greg, you just made Wait. the point. They make so much sense uh, to be a team that takes a gamble on Cam Newton and see if it works out. And if it doesn't, you just start over at the position. I like that, Greg. Well, if you look at quarterbacks, who's left? Cam, Dalton, uh, if you want to throw Brissett and Jameis. And there's only like three teams that really need one, the Chargers and the Patriots, and and I would throw the Bears in there. Don't forget Geno, Greg. I mean, Geno week one Patriots starter. How about that? (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, And I – on the subject of the Bears, who the Mark, ha- Mark hates with an unholy passion, they released... I like their fans. I feel bad for their fans. I don't think they're being treated fairly as a fan base. Released former first-round pick Leonard Floyd, uh, cutting him loose before his fifth season. He had seven sacks uh, as a rookie, but it has not really happened for Floyd, so that was a whiff by Bears management. 
In other news, the Chargers, you know, Jim Trotter, very serious man, Jim Trotter, and he's a man that when he reports something, you know that it's going to happen. Uh, he said on NFL Network airwaves right as the Brady stuff was going on that Tom Brady took the Chargers out of the mix because he wants to stay east and he wanted to stay close to his son, who is uh, uh, younger. He's young, and Brady didn't want to be on the on the left coast. So the Chargers instead have to settle for Brian Bulaga, who signs a three-year, $30 million uh, deal, uh, a move that Mark is going to make their offensive line better. They needed to do that. But they're another team now. When you look at where they're at, I do not want to hear. I don't want to get a – you know how Mitch Trubisky and the Bears get your goat, Mark? I don't need to hear yeah. Tyrod Taylor is a guy they actually believe in uh, for, throughout the summer entering week one. they got to do better than that guy. I'm sorry. And I, Tyrod's a nice guy and a very good backup. But please do not tell me that he's a the guy they're comfortable with as their starter. I'm with you 100%. I would pair the Brian Belaga signing with Trey Turner and say they've done, they, they've helped a critical weak spot on their roster by this offseason so far. But this is not 1976. We are not reading, you know, two-paragraph Chargers updates two times a week in the newspaper. You can't snow us over with Tyrod Taylor chit-chat. You've got to address the position. Otherwise, savvy fans know that the season is a lost cause and you're going to be having the same conversation next March, assuming that there is a next March with what's happening in our world right now. Big assumption. I like that. I, I, I like that's a good point that you. it was much easier to pull the wool over a fan base's eyes in 1976 than it is now. You've got to have answers. Fans are savvier. Well, plus the Chargers fans thought they were maybe getting Tom Brady. They were basically the one team that went all in on Tom Brady and they didn't get him, which for, for the, the fans that are out there are probably disappointed. Um. Speaking of over-the-hill tight ends still getting paychecks, uh, Jimmy Graham got paid with the Bears, and Jason Witten, he's still an active NFL player because he comes to terms on a contract with the Oakland Raiders. It's a one-year deal, Rap Sheet reported. Uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal first re- reported the deal. Uh, so the Raiders add the 37-year-old who got in the end zone uh, a few times, four times for the Cowboys last year, but... We continued to get slower and slower, but now he's reunited a little, uh, uh, Greg, a little bit of a Monday night football reunion here of XMNF booth dudes, Gruden and Witten. I am not looking forward to the press conference when they're just like, we wanted to bring in a real man to show these Raiders what being a real football player is all about. So we're going to pay four and a half million dollars. We do not need... I don't need Mike Mayock to tell me that they now have another coach on the field. I don't, you know, it doesn't do much for me. Uh, do you guys want to do a little uh, 12, 8 o'clock delight? Please. Why not? Let's do it, Ricky. The 49ers re-signed safety Jimmy Ward to a three-year, $28.5 million contract. He, stay, he struggles to stay healthy, Wes, but he can ball. Coming off his best season, I think, he was... You know, their front seven got all the credit for them, but he was one of the better safeties last year. The Dolphins agree with ex-Eagles running back Jordan Howard. So a team, Mark, you made a good point on Twitter. One of the strangest seasons ever, the 2019 Dolphins leading rusher Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jordan Howard, well, he's a guy. Well, it's, yeah, it's, uh, we will see other teams, where, especially with the way the quarterback position is, where a quarterback leads the team in rushing, but we will go a thousand generations before an NFL quarterback leads the team in rushing with 243 <laughs> yards. Hopefully they can uh, improve on that next next season. Mark, tough situation for the Blauhards because uh, Chase Daniel has reached an agreement with the Detroit Lions on a three-year, $13.5 million deal. Uh, that includes avoidable clause. That is some saucy backup money. Blauhard, he gone. Well, very trying morning for the Blauhards. And there was a couple of conference calls on just, you know, how do we deal with this uh, going forward? But they, the Lions also turned around and chopped Kyle Sloter off the roster. So the Blauhards are safe for now uh, in one of the NFL's uh, highest, most uh, intriguing organizations, the Detroit Lions. Greg. There's a brand of veteran backup quarterback that straddles the line between we hope he never has to play, yet we're still going to give him $4 million. And Matt Schaub and Chase Daniels are sitting pretty right there. They nail it. Uh, Greg, Ryan Shazier has been moved to the reserved retired list by the Steelers. Uh, That 
uh, points toward the end of his career. He's he's valiantly come back from that back injury, uh, but his goal of getting back on the field seems like a long shot. Yeah, that's disappointing. I, I think if I'll take this moment to just remember Ryan Shazier, like what he was like as a player. I think people forget what a dynamic, speedy, instinctive, just fun linebacker he was to watch when he was healthy. DJ Reader and the Bengals um, agree on a four-year, $53 million contract. Wes, what is going on? They also signed Trey Waynes. The Bengals are spending money. Well, the Bengals have been drafting these, like, refrigerator-sized nose tackles in the mid-rounds the last few years, and none of them have panned out. So they go get DJ Reader, who's one of the best in the NFL at it. The Trey Waynes one blew my mind. I think that is the one where I saw the contract terms and thought, the Vikings have been trying to hide this guy for four years, and the Bengals want to give him $14 million a year. Thomas Davis to the Redskins, Vic Beasley to the Titans, Joe Schober to the Jags, Blake Martinez to the Giants, Mario Addison to the Bills, David Anyamata to the Saints, and Darquise Denard headed to the Jaguars. Oh, my goodness. 8 o'clock delight complete. Wes. Hey, congrats. <laughs> congrats to Dave Gettleman for putting together that Packers linebacker core. Just uh, <laughs> champion. Got to do it. Got to do it. Wes, how about now? You Let's, let's now – Let's now take some stock in what's happening. It is a new era for the NFL. Tom Brady is no longer a Patriot. Everything is different in the AFC. The Bengals have the number one overall pick and a generational talent potentially walking in that door. Free agency, we're being told that this is a new um, way of doing business in Cincinnati. They are signing players. They're looking to improve that offensive core. Sneaky, not too bad. Are you in? Are you getting close to in? Are you thinking about being in? Are you looking down on your family members uh, back in the Midwest? Where you at? I, this is the first time a thought has been put in my head that this would be like an opportunity to get in. It had not occurred to me that this is something that I would do. I think of them the same way I always do, with a little bit of bemused detachment, hoping that they lose every week. <laughs> You know, Wes, I just, you know, I have to hit the hit the drum on this one again. You have people that you love in the Midwest, in the Cincinnati area and the, on the west side of Cincinnati where you grew up, who when they wake up in the morning on football Sundays, they pull on their jerseys and they put on their caps and they have a great day when the Bengals win. And yet you, due to some rigid sense that you were wronged by this football team that doesn't really know who you are, you want them to lose and, in in effect, make your family and the people that you love unhappy. I don't, it just doesn't, doesn't check out the logic. Well, most of the people I love and my family and friends there, like, they're not chumps. So they got out somewhere along the way over the last 30 years when it became obvious that the move was to get off the ride. And the other ones have enough going on in their life where the Bengals, they're like, their happiness does not rest on what the local football team does. So they'll be fine. It's even. I love that we've had this conversation 487 times, and the result has not moved one inch. Nothing has changed. And you know what? I'll I'll never stop. I feel like because Tom Brady is now finally out of the AFC East, this is Dan's great white way. <laughs> you know what? You might be right. And, you know, it's especially cold-blooded to hear Wes reply in that way while he's wearing giant reflective uh, aviators. It just it makes you seem like an ass- like the T-1000 assassin from uh, Terminator. I want blood. <laughs> Coming for it. All right. So, Ricky, I want to, before we sign off, I just want to uh, – Tee you up one more time. Is there is this? I, I heard one thing on NFL Network where they're playing some radio call-ins from WEEI, which is the big station or one of the big stations up there for sports talk radio. And one especially angry New England fan said, "Hey Patriots, I want to remind you that this was a Red Sox town before Tom Brady came, and you just signed your death warrant that it's going to be a Red Sox town." Do you think? Do you think? <laughs> do you think Ricky Hollywood? that New England fans will ever love the Patriots uh, the way they did during the Tom Brady era? Do you think it will, it will essentially be a 20-year period of time and then it will go back to the way it used to be? Or did Tom Brady and Bill Belichick change things forever in New England about how that team is seen? I think it'll take a little while to bounce back. I really do. I think that people are really upset that he left. I think, 
you know, we are a Red Sox <clears throat> town in Boston for sure. Um, but we were a Celtics town and then Paul Pierce left and everyone said that they weren't going to root for the Celtics anymore. I mean, come on, everybody comes around eventually and we're, we're a sports town. Boston's one of the biggest sports towns in America and it's going to stay that way. But I think the Brady news is, is really upsetting for a lot of people. What a measured, well That's thought out. Greg, answer. dismiss all of that. No, Greg, dismiss no. all of that in a cold way. No, that was that was a uh, a lovely answer. I will note though that Bill Belichick is still there, and Bill Belichick is a few years away from trying to break Don Shula's all time uh, coaching wins record, which I believe he will hang around and try to accomplish. And so, one half of of the duo uh, that made them what they are is not going anywhere. Well, that's that's fair, and I'm I'm curious. Just I want to take a vote here. Is uh, does anyone here think the Patriots do not win the AFC East in 2020? Right now? Oh, I think the Bills are heavy favorites. Oof. I mean, I'm not going to go against well, my own team. I'm taking the Patriots. I mean, I'll, I'll, let's wait and see who they get at quarterback. Yes. But I'd have him, no problem. Stidham to with, Ryan Izzo like, is going to be tough to stop. How about how about Stidham and uh, Cam Newton combination? I like you, that. you were just saying how you can't wait to be a Bucks fan this year. You got you know sports bigamy is I'm not appreciated. I'm going to root on the Bucks too, but uh, I'm a Patriots fan through and through. There, I mean, there will be no greater embarrassment than, you know, all these Jets, Bills, and Dolphins fans are in their house getting, like, super hammered tonight over this news. <laughs> but the Patriots might still just go 12-4 and four and win the division. The, the other issue is these other three teams, Bills excluded because they've made improvements, have to actually learn how to win games on their own. They're not just going to be – handed an NFL division because Tom Brady and aging Tom Brady moved to Florida. That's not how we learn nothing that the, an assumption that because one random team has a 10 and six or 11, five season, like the bills. Oh, let's just pencil them in for 11 more wins or 12 more wins. Everything changes. And yes, I am as, as happy as I am. The Patriots will never be the same because they will never have Tom Brady again. But to write them off as an AFC East uh, champion in 2020, I cannot do that. Well, let's look at the Patriots. Let's look how they played in the second half of the season. They weren't a good team, so it's not just about losing Tom Brady. This was not a good team from November on. Mm, 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 mm. Fair. Get it, Better than the best team in that division. What a world. But he, these, are, these are the good days, guys. These are the days we look back and smile. Yeah, all of us at our separate houses in quarantine and Tom Brady <laughs> moving to like, come on. I'll see you, Erica, in a couple hours. We gotta we gotta tape an episode of the uh the Jeffel Nick and Rosenthal Vanity project. Yeah, tonight. and they won't let me do it remotely. So when I die, you know who to blame. Wow. Yikes. And speaking of which I now have to, Erica. I have to go uh, I have to go uh door to door and stop start knocking on some doors and do some handshakes because this uh Brady to Bucks thing happened. So I'm a man of my word. The old Zeuser uh keeps his word, so I am going to brave it. And I'm sure a lot of people will be down for hugs and kisses and handshakes. Uh there's only one way to find out. I gotta get to work. Yeah. Feel free to call us when you're arrested for forty five <laughs> minutes from now. I mean th- this is how uh, you get Mark, the you know there's no police you. anymore. <laughs> That's a good point. That actually opens up new horizons for what this evening is. There's no parking tickets. I'm not saying it's worth it, but it's not nothing. Thanks for listening to the Around the NFL podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, the official sponsor of the NFL. This is Dan Hand. Oh, and remember, wash your hands. And I don't mean just the insides, the outsides, cuticles, webs, any, any type of connective, how your tissue connects between the fingers. Get in there. 20 seconds at least. Warm water, soap. Get in there. This is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, Ricky Hollywood in their respective bunkers. We'll be back tomorrow, the official start of the league year. Till Wednesday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.